All right, welcome to another season of the White Collar Crimes Podcast. We are thrilled you are aboard with us for another season. We thank you for listening and keeping this going. We're very grateful to have you here on this one. You know, a lot of times, some things, places, people, they're just not what they seem. And sometimes when the right light is shown upon someone, they rarely are exposed for who they are. And sadly, that was the case on this discussion that we will have. And this is one you guys might remember. It's not been that awfully long ago. It happened here in my home state of Illinois, actually. And this was the case of Joe Glenowitz, a.k.a. G.I. Joe. And uh, this is something that at the time captured the hearts of the nation because originally it was believed he was this hero cop who was slain in the line of duty, but an investigation would show that it was anything but that. He was, at the time, held a hero, as any cop who is slain in the line of duty would be. But not only was that proven to not have happened and been false, but his entire life and career was as well. And he was believed and admired as a... He was believed to be a hero and admired to be a pillar of the Fox Lake, Illinois community. Now, this is a suburb of Chicago, even though I am... In Illinois, this is all about five hours or so north of where I'm at. But, uh, like I said, not only did this capture the attention of Illinois, it captured the attention of the country when this happened. And he was born in nearby Libertyville, which is also a suburb of Chicago. And after graduating high school, he enlisted in the U.S. Army. After discharge around 1985, he joined the Fox Lake Police Department. And he would serve in this department for nearly 30 years, earning the nickname G.I. Joe for keeping the military-like appearance that he had. He kept a military-style kind of buzz cut, uh, often seen wearing wearing fatigues and military-style gear, even in his police job, and uh, totally fit that moniker of being G.I. Joe, which is how the nickname stuck with him. And uh, he was affectionately known as such around that community. He married and later would have four children and again was actively involved in the Fox Lake community, particularly with youth and with troubled youth, building programs to help them and reach out to them. And he had some other programs that he was actively involved in in the community. So again, he was seen as a real pillar of that community. He would also climb the ranks of the Fox Lake Police Department. He would eventually reach the rank of sergeant and after that reach the rank of lieutenant. So as I said, he appeared to be the ultimate good citizen. But all of that would change on the morning of September 1st, 2015. So we're talking not quite eight years ago. At this time, Glenowitz was on duty that morning and he contacted the dispatch unit there, radioing in and reporting that he was pursuing three suspects near an abandoned cement plant in that area. As any officers in the area would, they responded for backup, and also at his request. Usually officers will join in when when an officer is pursuing a suspect, and in this case he reported he was pursuing three, 
So certainly would get the attention of any of his fellow officers that were on duty and maybe even some of the departments nearby would uh, do what's called mutual aid where they'll you know, serve as backup even though the crime doesn't happen in their jurisdiction. And when the backup officers arrived, they found his deceased body about 50 yards or so away from his patrol vehicle in a wooded area. So originally they think that he has been killed in the line of duty. Now a bullet from his service weapon was shown to have basically stuck his, struck his cell phone and ballistic vest. And a second bullet had been shown to hit him in the chest. His head, his head appeared to be scraped and bruised. So initial reports come out to believe that Officer Down and Officer's been killed in the line of duty. We have three very dangerous suspects out there because, you know, a great point was made, I believe it was in the movie The Fugitive, when they were originally pursuing uh, Harrison Ford's character, Dr. Richard Kimball, you know, that, that when they originally thought he was a cop killer, they're thinking anybody that will kill a cop is you know, definitely a danger to the public because they will, you know, certainly kill a civilian if they're, you know, not afraid of killing a cop. They're certainly more danger to the regular community and the community as a whole. So uh, this gets top priority. So at the time, they think possibly not only do they have a cop killer, but could possibly have three cop killers on the loose. Now, various pieces of his equipment were found around the area. So this at the time looked like probably he had maybe lost some of this in a struggle or in the pursuit of these suspects uh that would be the original assumption you would have to think and that's probably what the original officers on the scene thought as well so they were he was believed he was killed by these fleeing suspects so this launched a massive manhunt hundreds of law enforcement agencies state local and even federal would get involved because again not only do you at this point you think you have three killer uh, one cop killer on the loose you have three possible cop killers on the loose which presents a huge danger to the public because as that theory goes and like I said I think it might have been from the movie Fugitive if not it's a very valid point wherever it comes from that anybody willing to kill a cop is certainly a high danger to a civilian if they don't respect a badge and authority and they're willing to kill that they will probably not think much of killing an unarmed civilian. So this presents a huge threat to public safety when you have a cop killer on the loose, let alone three. So he was again believed to be killed by these three suspects and then now there's a massive uh, manhunt that's been launched. And this, as I said, included hundreds of agencies and even the FBI and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms joined in on the pursuit. So now you have, again, federal law enforcement being involved in it. The next day, we're talking September 2nd, 2015, a woman named Christy, I think it's Kiefer, I'm pronouncing this correctly, reported that these three suspects had pulled her over to the side of the road, causing her to flee on foot. And there'll be more on her in a little bit. So. This intensifies the manhunt because now you have a civilian giving a positive identification on these suspects and reporting an incident in or, or in a run-in with these and claiming to be in danger where she had to flee, which again, these suspects at this time are considered a huge public safety threat. So 
this is going to intensify the manhunt even more. Now, after this was over, as would be expected, G.I. Joe was held a hero, and he got a full honor funeral that garnered national media attention all over the country this was covered. Police departments all over the country honored him. Uh, I'm sure a lot of flags were lowered to half-staff. The morning band, which you'll see sometimes on a police officer's badge or corrections or probation, we do it too. When one of our own dies, we put what's known as a morning band. It's a little black elastic band that will go around the badge. I'm sure this was going on in honor of him as well. And it... uh, he was hailed as a hero because he was pursuing the bad guys and was killed in the line of duty. And a couple days after this originally was reported, we're going now to September 3rd, he was even honored at the Chicago Bears preseason game because, again, uh, he was born in Libertyville, which is a suburb of Chicago, and this whole thing took place in Fox Lake, another uh, suburb of Chicago. So, He got a full uh, honor and mention at the Chicago Bears preseason game that day. Then Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner also ordered that all flags be lowered to half-staff. So this becomes statewide, not just police or law enforcement agencies, but any state agency or uh, state-run organization at this time was ordered to do so. And... uh, So you have someone that's captured not only the hearts of Illinoisans in the Chicago area, but again, nationwide. I can remember this getting national coverage on Fox, CNN, all these different uh, networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, you know, captured the nation. Of course, with social media like we have, that was all over social media everywhere as well. And again, the country was in mourning because at this time we thought that there was a hero cop that had been slain in the line of duty and uh, that's what everyone believed at this point a couple days after the incident occurred where he was supposedly killed and at this point people had no reason to believe anything otherwise because at this point G.I. Joe as he was known was believed to be a hero and a pillar of the community but a little digging in in an investigation quickly turned out and revealed that that was not the case. And you remember a little bit ago I mentioned he had a youth program that he was involved in when helping the disadvantaged and troubled youth and just pretty much youth in general in the Fox Lake area. Well, they come to find out he had been actually, an investigation showed that he had been actually embezzling money from his very own youth program that was funded by taxpayer dollars and probably from donations and things like that from around the community. And it was suspected that his murder... This time, this is when the investigators posed this theory that it might have been staged as a uh, suicide. You know, he commits suicide just so he could uh, be remembered as a hero before all of this is actually being revealed. So things turned very quickly, and this is not the news anyone wanted to hear because a lot of people throughout the community and at this point the country... uh, hailed him as a hero i can remember you know this is illinois one of the senators here dick durbin even gave a speech i believe on the senate floor hailing gi joe as a hero at this time and again nobody had any reason to believe otherwise at this point but the investigation began to turn up some things that just showed gi joe was not quite on the up and up 
because in addition to allegations of him embezzling money from his own youth program, it was also believed and discovered that they found that he had a history of sexual harassment, alcohol abuse, and numerous suspensions on the job. And uh, these were not tied to his public image at the time. And despite all this, though, amazingly, as I said before, he did rise to the rank of lieutenant somehow. So I don't know if all these things happened a little bit later, but they did find a pretty checkered career with the department. Again, sexual harassment allegations, alcohol abuse, including sometimes being reported to have been drunk on the job, and numerous suspensions. One of these such suspensions was reported that he had even threatened one of the dispatchers with a gun. And a look of his text message records also revealed him to be involved in multiple financial scams. Now this, as I said, was probably a shock to a lot of people because for a few days he's a national hero, state hero, somebody that a pillar of the community that served his country was uh, was killed by hoodlums that are still on the loose. So obviously that's going to capture the hearts of the nation and people are going to be pulling for him and his wife and children because he's dead. He's leaving behind a wife and four children. And this at the moment was a tragedy, but you can imagine how much this shook the country when it's come to find out that, you know, this just wasn't the case. And as I said, his text message records started to show that he was involved in even more crooked financial crimes. Now, once this was revealed, many that had donated to the family or to his programs had asked for a refund, a return, obviously so. And he was taken down from the Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund as a fallen officer. This is an organization that collects money for the families of officers that have been slain in the line of duty. Good cause to donate to, by the way, if, if you're out there listening and that's you're looking for a cause to get involved in. I would say that would be a good one. You could check out their website. Again, they are the Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. And since he was not truly a fallen officer, as we found out, his... Uh, his name was taken down from this fund. So it's believed again that he committed suicide and staged this as a murder. That way he could hide because he knew it was going to be coming soon that all these crimes and all these things about him were going to be revealed. And not only was his image going to be shattered, but he was also looking at some very serious prison time at this point. And this is after nearly 30 years on the job. So I can imagine prison would not be easy if for somebody that's been a police officer for 30 years. So his image is shot, and not only that, now the family's involved. Because it was believed and reported, and his wife, Melody, was actually indicted on many of the money laundering charges that she was involved with with her husband. Now, uh, as I mentioned before, the Kiefer lady that was involved in that, she ended up getting probation out of this as well for filing a false police report because she was involved in this cover-up as well. Now, this uh, is, again, his wife was indicted on some money laundering charges. She would later plead guilty to deceptive practice, which is a Class 4 felony here in Illinois. Now, for you that are not from Illinois, Class 4 is actually the lowest level felony we have anything below class four then you're going to the misdemeanor level which the highest misdemeanor level is class a so in illinois you have class four class 
three, class two, class one, you know, then class X, and then your capital offenses and things like that. But class four is actually the low-level felony. It can be punishable by up to one to three years in prison or probation, which in her case, she got probation, didn't have a criminal record or anything like that. So she ended up getting probation out of it, which, to be honest, is not terribly uncommon. A lot of class four felonies here in Illinois, especially if somebody doesn't have much of a criminal record, they usually will get probation. And that's what happened there. But deceptive practice can be a lot of things. That's also a term they used in this state when uh, for writing bad checks, which people don't write checks as much as they used to. But that was also a, a charge that uh, that was connected to. Now, they say the brief manhunt costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would estimate probably much more than that if you had literally hundreds, if not thousands of different agencies involved in this, including the feds. I would say the manhunt probably even after just a few days of it had to have cost millions. Now, this doesn't even include all of his embezzlements, which we found out later were multiple. And again, you can find out more on him. There is an American Greed episode on on here as well, and you can... Google his name. Uh, it's actually spelled G L I N I E W I C Z. It's Glenowitz, I think, is the correct, uh, correct pronunciation. You know, or you could probably just Google G I Joe Fox Lake Police, and this story would be pulled up as well. So it just really showed us, sadly, that things aren't always what they appear to be. Because I imagine the damage. You know, I feel for his kids having to have their mom and dad be discovered like this when your dad's thought to be a hero because on his own these accomplishments could have been serving in the military that's honorable and worthy of admiration serving as a police officer for 30 years is admirable and worthy of uh, recognition and it, uh but unfortunately he did all of these things and withdrew all this by his simple actions of greed and and other types of uh unethical behavior and this undid all this. And sadly, I believe probably, I imagine the Fox Lake Police Department probably suffered some PR disasters from this as well once it was revealed the internal problems that he had, you know, the suspensions, the alcohol abuse, even re- some reports of him being intoxicated on the job, a lot of sexual harassment allegations, things like that. So he, uh, he certainly had a lot that undid his image, and sadly it hurt the image of the department, and his family know whereabouts what his wife is up to these days with a class four felony on her record she will be limited from a lot of types of employment and things like that so i don't know how she is getting on these days but nonetheless it just very quickly it was amazing how quickly this did turn around it's not like we found all this out years later after it happened literally just a couple days after he was dead and hailed a hero an investigation quickly turned up things that showed it was that he was anything but that. And it's easy to be fooled, but I will go out there on the record and say the overwhelming majority of police and military are solid, upstanding citizens, and they do deserve our respect and praise. So if you do any of these jobs, keep up and know the country admires you and has your back for it. But it's not just police or military. Sometimes we find out things just simply aren't what they seem and this certainly wasn't the case here and he threw away service to two admirable organizations the police and military and his and his community all that for just basically a lot of greed and fearing his financial crimes were going to be his undoing he 
took his own life, but even at that, tried to stage it and make himself look like he was killed in the line of duty and a hero. So just all in all, not a good guy. And sadly, this is a story that could have been something that could have been an inspiration for a lot of people, but instead it turned out to be a nightmare and that also of a tragedy. So we thank you for tuning in to this one. So glad you're back aboard with us for another season. Tune in next week. I'm going to talk about pyramid schemes. We've all seen them. We really need to know really what is the difference between that and multi-level marketing because they're both out there. They both have similarities, but there are some differences. We'll talk about what's legit, what's not. Give some examples of some classic pyramid schemes that people have fallen for. And like I said, I've got uh, the book you can check out, the Cherry Hills publication site on the coming attractions. I've got the audio book on Howard Hawks getting ready to be released soon. Got one that uh, is also getting ready to be released called Sons of Liberty. It will be coming to you by Beacon Audiobooks. Be sure and like our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to here. Spread the word. We need you to help us keep this going. We... Uh, also ask that if you uh, do need voiceover work, speaking of the audiobooks, please check out my website at ryan-horn.com. Be glad to help you with any kind of service you need with that. And if you want to be on this show or you've got an idea for this show, email me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com because we've had people that have been guests and we've had listeners give us ideas for shows. And I would love to have some ideas right now, especially since we're starting a new season. So please send those aboard. And please watch out for especially your elderly friends and family, as they're often the ones that are targeted with these scams. And also check out your local pet shelter. There you will find your next best friend ready to adopt. So again, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to us. We will see you all next week.